McEwen wheels in front and was checked. The puck sat there for a moment. Now York is shot. Score! Cam York's first in the natural. And it's 2-1 Philadelphia. This is episode 88 of the Liberty Y'all. Danny Deemer here with Chris Snowbook. As always, how are you, buddy? Well, we haven't lost a game. Oh, we haven't won a game since our last episode. And when was that? November 8th? What, with Anthony? Just got done saying? Yeah. Yeah, the last time. We haven't time... won a game. That was yeah. like two and a half weeks ago. We still haven't won a game. Our last win was November 8th against the Blues. That was the last time we won a hockey game. Since then, we are 1-7-3. We are the third worst team in the league. Only the Sabres and the Ducks have been worse than us. You know what sucks, too? That was a good win. <laughs> it was great. Like after that St. Louis game, I was feeling pretty good, man. Like, n- not even good to the point where you looked at the team and you were like, okay, this is sustainable. But just content. Con- yeah. I, yeah, I guess that's a good – it's just not as bad as this. And yeah, I understand the injuries, and I'm not completely throwing the, the blame on the injuries, but it's just yeah, – At a certain point, though, when, when if you're Chuck Fletcher and this is your third team – you getting burned by injuries. At a certain point, I feel like it's the way you put together the team. It's like these players have some players have burned you before. Yeah. Well, and and that's the one thing that I've seen on Twitter a lot lately, especially with uh, Mikey on Twitter. I'm sure a lot of people know him um, on there. And his main thing is, okay, I understand the team's hurt, the talent gap is there, whatever. Obviously, everybody who's been watching these games understands that, but. The one thing that he's afraid of, which I completely agree with, and it's one of my main concerns going into the rest of the season, the summer, which could be a huge summer for this organization. The main thing I'm concerned with is Chuck Fletcher, number one, shouldn't be making these decisions for this team. And I'm worried that yet again, another year of injuries where he can point to Dave Scott and say, look, this is why we were bad. Half the team was injured. Give me another year. Just like the same kind of cushy job that he's had for the last two, three years. Like you just got done saying, at a certain point, you got, you got to just cut ties. And it goes so much deeper than Chuck Fletcher, but it starts with him. And it's kind of just like, hey, rip the Band-Aid off and we'll deal with whatever is beneath the Band-Aid kind of thing. But exactly, it starts with him. And, I, and we said it in the summer going into the season. Like we didn't even need to see this season play out. I don't. I don't want him touching this team anymore. Like handing Travis Sanheim an eight-year deal is stupid. I'm sorry. Travis Sanheim is not a bad player. The deal itself is not bad. The yeah. amount of money he is getting is exactly what he probably should be getting. But you, at the the stage of where the team is, the state, I should say, not stage. The state of where where the team is in, and another you don't hand eight year contracts out to fucking Travis Sanheim. You get that those are contracts you hand to superstars. Those are contracts you hand out to Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, that Alex DeBrincat, Johnny Carter Gaudreau. Hart. Yes, <laughs> not Travis Sanheim. It just it, it all goes back to what we said in the summer, and it, I don't want this guy touching this yeah. team, and he is. He's actively touching this team for the future. Like, he's not going to be here. I just think it's really funny how like me and you spent the entire summer saying, well, they've paid so many defensemen. Like Someone's going to be the odd man out. Mm-hmm. Like Otherwise, we're just going to be the most overpaid, mediocre defense corps in the league. Someone's got to be the odd man out, and then they ended up just paying all of them. <laughs> 
and <laughs> Travis and I eight year deal. I mean, that's insane. I mean, like you said, the deal's not bad. No, like I'm not bitching about the deal. Like I'm not saying like oh he's overpaid or like well I'm just saying like we're not yeah. in the spot to give out an eight year deal, especially when we have so much money wrapped in our back end already. Mm-hmm. Like it's incredibly mediocre for the money we have wrapped up in it. Like if you look at the money some of these players are paid and the spot this team is in it, yeah. just, it doesn't add up and that's a product of the general manager that comes down to chuck fletcher tried to win like he he just was so bad at it that he got forced into this rebuild scenario he's so bad at recognizing when to let go of players when yeah. not to when to extend players when not to that he's in this forcible rebuild in spite of him like he tried to win he he got tortorella he got d'angelo he did everything possible to not get bedard DeLorean. to be in the middle yeah, I mean, we said it before the season started. The, the direction of where the team was going and the direction of where Chuck was going never made sense. It never, it never added up. Nothing ever correlated. It, it just, it never made sense. And I, it, I don't know if some people thought with the season starting and John Torrella being the coach that would like quickly disappear. But I mean, it's 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 popping right back up around Thanksgiving. It's almost Christmas in about twenty twenty five days. Uh, it's it's. It's a very big problem with this team, and it's one of the main like the defense total right now. If you're not even counting Ryan Ellis, it has 24 million dollars wrapped up into it, and that's a defense of Ivan Provorov, Rasmus Ristolainen, Tony, Travis Sanheim, Braun, Sealer, and then uh, Zamula. That's all and, of and them. And dude, I know people have tried to tell tell me from the start, and maybe I was like a little trying to downplay it a bit, but that Ristolainen thing is 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 terrible. What, the, just the, the, the deal? whole process of get acquiring him from a first round pick and then re-upping him to another contract. It's like you know, it's like shit like that is why Chuck should be gone. Yeah. Because the direction we're in now doesn't fit what he was even trying to do. That's like, just, like just another a- example of what Chuck is doing didn't line up with where the organization was going. That I mean, it's exactly what I just got done saying two minutes ago. It never it never added up. Like the Risto, like if you look at the Risto deal itself. Many teams were willing to give up a first. I don't really care about that first, especially in a draft that was not very good. Um, re-signing him, I don't mind the re-sign itself. He's a little bit overpaid by probably a million dollars. Am I going to sit here and bitch about a million dollars? No. But uh, me and you both agreed uh, last year around trade deadline that we would have we, we would have shipped him away for whatever he could have gotten back. It just all goes back to the fact that they're doing stuff to this roster now that doesn't line up with – the realistic yeah. expectation is like signing you know what I mean? Sanhai. Do you know how much of a slap of, in a face it is to a fan base to sign <laughs> Tony D'Angelo and then Travis Sanheim to an eight-year deal after you just got done bitching to us that you couldn't bring in Goudreau, who was yeah. big. Like, do you understand the optics of it? Like, I don't care like the the inner workings of it if it made sense at the time or not. Like, do you understand the optics of that? Like, to a casual fan per se, in Philadelphia. Like, you just look like a laughing stock of an organization. You really do. Not even the whole, oh, you couldn't sign Gaudreau, but you did that with Sandheim deal. You're adding to a team that sucks. You're not subtracting. You're adding. You're doubling down on a team, or a defense, I should say, because we're talking about the Sandheim deal, that fucking sucks. Travis Sandheim is an okay player. He is uh, number three, number four on a really good team. On our team, he's probably he, he's a he's a good number three. Travis Sanheim is mediocre as fuck. 
Rasmus Ristolainen is a third-pairing defenseman. Tony D'Angelo is a, a really, really, really good second-pairing defenseman. He's not a first-pairing defenseman. The only guy who's playing in like the right spot right now is Ivan Provorov. Even Justin Braun is playing on the second pair right now, and he's playing out of place. It's just you're doubling down on a team and a defense that isn't good. That's what gets me. You're spending money on a defense that you don't, you don't know what that defense is going to look like in a year it, or two. And another step. Like, that's a defense that Ron Hextall built. He didn't yeah. even build that. What Like, where is this weird-ass loyalty to, to the Hextall draftees? Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't understand it. I, you know what I think it is, actually? I think Chuck Fletcher, because of what happened with the Wild, signing Parise and Suter, those two massive anchor deals... That he became too gun shy in a way. He was like, "Nah, I can't. I can't go out and get the big fish because that's gonna tank us. So I'm just gonna get the five million guy. I'm gonna get the, the six million guy, the next offseason, and then another five million guy to a yeah. point where it just added up to the point where you just have like Cam Atkinson's like your best player. That that's <laughs> that's what the end result of that is. Which I mean, is sad. If they really, really, really get down to it, that's—I mean—it's really, really sad. Yeah. The fact like that. Sean, yeah, I haven't seen Sean Couturier in two years, <laughs> but like when he's there, sure. Yeah, another eight-year deal we handed out, and guy yeah. hasn't even played like a minute since that deal's kicked in. They showed him in the in the press box during—I don't know if it was the last game or the game before that—with like Konechny and Lawton and like the entire fucking forward group, and I was just like, holy shit! Like I haven't seen Couturier's face in like two years, dude. It's. Good to see yeah. that he's fucking alive. I was like, he's still a flyer. Jesus yeah, Christ. Jesus. But um, it, like, it's hard for me to be void. Like, I'm void of any criticisms. Like, I can't really like sit here and criticize anyone. Like, especially like Tortorella. Like, like what the fuck can I say? Like, oh no, he's just like ten game losing streak. We were told we weren't gonna have that. I mean, look at the goddamn lineup. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's really like, yeah. I, no. There's no expectations. It is a complete tire fire. I, if anything, if he could just get some young guys to not be like a shell of themselves confidence wise i think that's a miracle at this point yeah i mean like, that's it, the that's the thing that me Derek, and uh chris mayer were go, kind of going back and forth in the group chat this morning about because like they were kind of complaining about the fact that they weren't complaining about torts and what he's done with the team itself because they i mean they're obviously looking around and they realize that the team sucks and he really cannot do anything about that but i mean their frustration with him is like the fact that he's uh, what's the word i'm looking for that he's like some of these kids, and especially it's Frost that they're that they're talking about. He, he he's like stripped them down of their confidence, and like hasn't really ha- hasn't really boosted any of these kids with confidence, except for like Tippett and Case. And I'm like, I mean, Frost has been playing on the top line for the last two weeks. Like, I mean, and, and Frost didn't yeah. deserve to be playing top line minutes when he wasn't playing. Like, towards I think he's handled the the kids fine. Like, York didn't deserve to make the team out of camp. Does he deserve to be on the team now? Yeah, absolutely. I'm that's a Chuck Fletcher that. thing. That's it, a Chuck, like it's yeah. not on John Tortorella to be like, "Yo, he's lighting it up in the Phantoms, bring him up." Like that. That's a Chuck Fletcher and Flair go to him and like, "Yeah, we think he's ready." What do you think? Tippett's been good since camp because Torch has been on his ass um, from training camp. I remember that one clip during a preseason game. He pulled him aside. It was like, "I want to know what you are. Are you a scorer? Are you a banger? What are you?" So the like the the leap that Tippett has taken since. Preseason. I mean, we've admitted on the pod that we weren't very impressed with Tippett in the preseason. So I think his dealings with him, I think his dealings with Noah Cates, even though Cates, he's not an offensive player. So I'm not going to look at points as a way of judging him. But, I mean, I think the way he's, he's, he's kind of dealt with Cates and put him in spots that 
would kind of help him, like putting him back at wing to kind of get the, his offense back. Like I think he's given kids opportunities on this team. But, I mean, I, I understand that it's difficult because you want these kids to – to take a next step and, and really prove themselves. But then, but then again, it all goes back to like, look around you. Like they have one quote unquote NHL lineup right now. And that's arguably, and I, I don't even think you could say the top line right now is an NHL line. Like the top line right now is Tippett, Frost, Bellows. The second line is Farabee, Sedlak, Hayes. Like, yeah, do I want these kids to take a next step and, and get some confidence going? Absolutely. But, I mean, it's really hard to do that. It's really hard to gain any kind of momentum when your, your roster looks like this, man. I mean, it's all I'm looking at is just do they look like they care? Are they playing 60 minutes? And, yes, they are. I mean, these games are so much more watchable than last year. It's not even funny. Personally. Yeah, it's like they're trying. It's like you almost feel bad for them because you see them playing their heart out, and then they like they just don't know how to finish a game. Like, it's the, it's the talent gap. And, I mean, at a certain point, the talent gap is going to step in and show itself. I mean, they just don't have talent. They have it yeah. ECHL bottom six. It's fucking Delorier, Cates, McEwen, Wilman, Lazinski, Brown. I mean, that is the one of the worst bottom sixes I have ever seen, man. And Chris Vandevelde has played on my hockey team before, like. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough because I agree. Do I would I like to see Frost, Tippett, Bellows, and Fairby all kind of take off and gain some confidence? Absolutely. But I think it's just an extremely hard environment to do that in right now. It's yeah. Just maybe wait till these guys come back. Like, hey, maybe let's wait till Atkinson and JVR and Lawton and Konechny come back, and maybe hopefully Frost is playing with like Tippett and Konechny or something like that. Like, okay, then. Then I'll be like, okay, they, they these kids need to take the next step and really start producing. But I mean, right now, I mean, I, it's tough. To, it's tough for me to criticize anybody, but Chuck Fletcher, definitely not towards. But yeah, for me with the young guys, like it, it really is about just getting the reps, getting yeah. comfortable, just to see, like, get a body of work under you to get comfortable. Like for Morgan Frost, for instance, like playing on the first line, like you said, the team's already stripped of skill as it is. So like it, I mean they're gonna get the worst matchup possible. Yeah, like he's getting like, other teams as best play, yeah, exactly. best top line players with fucking. Get the Bellas. worst matchup possible, and he still looks looks good at times. I just he think it's right. about getting reps. Like I don't think you can overreact to 21, 22 games of no. and ten games of regular minute Morgan Frost. Like you can't overreact to that. Like I this is like you got to see it at the end of the season kind of thing. How Torts has handled everyone because it's it's a big picture thing. He said it multiple times. Yeah, He's I mean, approaching the situation big picture, so I, I think at the end of this season, then we can take a broader view and be like, oh, he fucked up here, oh, he did good here. Because for a while, I thought he was fucking up on Frost, and then he entrusted him in those first-line minutes, and I thought Frost was getting his footing under him, and now I'm starting to lean on the side of it's on Frost Absolutely. to really start to step up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so, I, I could definitely agree with you, because in the beginning, I mean, me and you would always talk about, how, like, hey, maybe let's get this kid playing you know, with a little bit better line mates and on a top line, and yeah, did it have to take Konechny to go down for that to happen? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, at this point, you're kind of turning to, to, to Morgan and being like, all right, dude, you're 23 years old. Yeah, I know you're on a team that, that is really, really bad, but I need to see something. He scored two ga- uh, two, two goals ago, uh, two goals ago, two games ago. Um, didn't look terrible last game. Like, had a couple of nice setups. Like, he doesn't look bad. Like, I'm not looking at Frost being like, you're awful, Bye. But, I mean, he just hasn't done anything with the minutes and players that he's playing with. 
Uh, he hasn't done enough, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and to me, it's like, as someone who, you too, as someone who's believed in him for so long, it's yeah. like, this is the opportunity we've wanted for you for so long. This is the opportunity we've bitched about for so long. You're on a one-year deal. You're making 800 k a prime opportunity, first-line minutes to stamp your way, if not even on this team, just in the NHL in general, just yeah. to make some money and get yourself going. That's natural motivation. Like, I really thought he would start to take off this year, and there's still time. Yeah, like you just said, we have to take a step back a little bit and be like, okay, it's Thanksgiving just passed, and this team's dog shit. And who knows, by February, who knows, after months of playing with Tippett regularly, and and then maybe Konechny comes back and there's some chemistry there, maybe they form a line, like a trio there, and then maybe by March they're flowing, who knows? Or maybe by March he's on the fucking Maple Leafs, because we just, uh, NHL Rumors Daily uh, got asked a question, which player, if any, do GMs call? Chuck Fletcher about leading up to March, and he quote tweeted and said Morgan Frost. They've been calling, which I'm not surprised at all. Like some, no, t- if he does get traded, some smart ass GM. I think it's going to be either Yeiserman or somebody up in Tampa, whoever the, whoever's the Tampa's GM is going to grab him and throw him on wing with like a really good center, and I'm going to fucking freak the fuck out because he's going to be by low too, right? Like I guarantee they're going to give us some like plug defenseman, but because he like hits and he once played for Minnesota. Chuck like loves him and he's like, oh, he's a, he's a great identity guy or whatever. You just know. Dude. I'm kind of just... hoping uh, Marco Rossi just got sent down to the AHL by Minnesota and he's kind of been like bouncing in and out of their kind of like kind of like Frost has with his career at the Flyers. Honestly, call him up. Be like, you guys just want to do a, a quick little swap, one for one, kind of a a skilled prospect that hasn't lived up to expectations for a skilled prospect that hasn't lived up to expectations. Let's <laughs> make a little one v one swap. I'd be okay with that. Marco Rossi would be really cool here. That'd be like the only way I wouldn't be a little bit sour about giving up on this kid this early. Personally. Dude, I gotta say the Minnesota Wild man must be tough being a fan of that team. I mean, it's tough being a fan of the Flyers, trust. But yeah, I mean, they, I mean, if I had Kaprizov and I was still like a pretty bad team, I'd be, I'd be pretty upset. But I don't have one guy on the like my my leading scorer is Kevin Hayes, bro. <laughs> like not not to shit on the guy, but uh, dude, I watched this guy. No, no let's shit on him, dude. It's deserved. It's deserved. Can you shit on him? He's twenty two points in twenty two games. I mean, I know a lot of it has been like Mickey Mouse points, and I'm not even saying that because like to be a dick. But <laughs> some of his points are just but they're like they're just uh, a joke, right? Like he'll throw a, <laughs> he'll throw a potato on the net. It goes, it bounces out to tip. It, he he does a dangle, throws it to TK. Secondary assist. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, uh, Lazinski's first career goal. Hayes like throws the puck from the point. Just a grenade. <laughs> Spin around like, Could have easily landed in someone's like fucking skate and and and, and so go the funny. other way bro it was yeah, just yeah, yeah frost elevates that shot top left it's getting gloved down by Olmark, <laughs> dude you know what i'm saying like it's just I know, that kind I of know. shit not even to make excuses but it's it is funny but uh let's move on yeah, to to, to, to cam york and yeah i mean he he's a topic of discussion obviously on twitter um with me and you obviously and especially our guy derek over at the the liberty line Dude, he's impressive. He's he's first. He's tied for first on the Phantoms in points. Three goals, nine assists, twelve points in sixteen games. He's starting to get comfortable down there. He really is. And I I don't know if they want to take the same route as they are with Forrester because apparently they want Forrester down there all year. Unless, can't do that with York. Yeah, I, at least that's how I feel. You can't do that with York. That's playing it way too safe. 
York was playing in a, in a worse situation NHL minutes last year, and he was looking fine. Like, he was progressing. He was getting reps. I was enjoying watching him. He, he would be just fine up here. He really would. And I, I understand that Nick Sealer has been playing well, hasn't been out on the ice for a 5v5 goal yet this season, which is awesome. Okay. Why the fuck is he playing? Seriously. Like, look around. Like, take a big step back. And look around, guys. Like, Chuck, let's take a huge step back and look where the fuck we are. Look who's playing on our team right now. And you're telling me that Nick Sealer playing in the NHL right now is better for Cam York than Cam York being in the NHL and playing every day? You're telling me that? And I understand he's down there getting first pair of minutes, playing on the power play. Yeah, the Phantoms are good too, right? They're okay. But I just... We want uh, this year. Everybody agreed what this year was for. Yeah, it's getting it, reps for the young guys. Getting reps, yeah. Building a foundation. Seeing who's going to be here for the long haul. Getting these kids reps. Uh, I'm not saying he has to be up now, but I mean we so we we have to start looking at calling him up soon. Uh, it's ten games overdue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll say it. It's ten games overdue. It should have been done game ten. Game I, I I just don't under like, I I understand Sealer's playing well. It shouldn't have take, taken until Christmas. Like, when he was sent down, I was under the impression that it was going to be just a little kick in the ass like the Farabee thing. Mm-hmm. And much like Farabee, he had that moment where it was like, oh, I'm here. It was, And to me, it was the wave against Montreal. Like, when he, like, that kid yeah. was flowing that game. And when he did that, you could see the confidence, like, just oozing out of him. He was NHL ready at that point. So, it, it, it's bothering me. It really is, game by game. Especially as yeah. I'm watching, like... I'm watching, like, Braun take a puck to the leg, and he's, like, out for a period, but then comes back in the third. And, like, D'Angelo's having a little bit of injury issues now, and it's like, I mean, we can give someone, like, a seat and just put York in. We really could. Like, I mean. And, and, and my thing is, it's not like you're battling for a playoff spot, so Nick Sealer playing well is better for the actual team and winning. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're, we are fighting for, for Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli right now. And I'm glad. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Absolutely, but it just doesn't make sense to me from a development standpoint. Like, okay, maybe is he getting better minutes over there in the NHL with top line? Uh, he's playing with, like, Bellapito, I think. Bellapito, um over there with uh, the Phantoms. But, I mean, I just I, I think him playing on, like, a second pair with, with, with Risto or Braun would be fine. I, I just think giving him NHL minutes now is better for his development. Because where is he going to be playing <laughs> in a couple months? The fucking NHL. Where is he going to be playing next year? The NHL. So let's get him in here now while the team is dog shit. Get a top three pick with York and Frost and Tippett and Faraby playing games every night, even if they don't fucking look good. And and let's see where this goes. But, I mean, play Nick Sealer like this as if we're going to make a fucking playoff run. Oh, he's playing well. He hasn't let a 5v5 go up. I, I don't give a fuck, dude. We suck. We lose. We're on a 10-game losing streak. And you're talking about how he has to give up a 5v5 goal? I don't give a fuck. He sucks. Get, Wait, let's t- get a kid in here. What's about that is if we're on a 10-game losing streak oh and my he hasn't God. let up a 5 who's letting up all the 5v5 goals then? You know what I'm saying? If it's not Nick Sealer and Rasmus Rista- Line, yeah, which that, that's like- the pair. So it's not <laughs> yeah. them two. Then you're telling me Travis Sandheim fucking sucks. Or you're telling me uh, Provorov fucking blows. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care that he he looks good. He looks, he's a veteran. He looks, I don't give a fuck, dude. Look and around. Like, we as suck. An organization, 
as Chuck Fletcher. As Chuck Fletcher, bro, you are on the fucking hot. I mean, you, you <laughs> no, he's not. not. <laughs> no, he's not. Sadly, he's not. He's but not. But he should be. Like, he really should. I'm gonna act as if in the fan base he is though, because this fan base is about to explode on him, dude. You you got Fire Fletcher chance breaking out during a power play <laughs> at the game. It, I love that. Let's keep oh, that one going. Fucking great, dude. <laughs> let, let, yeah, let's just keep doing the fire Fletcher chance. Fuck the bags. I don't. I don't care about a bag with with eye holes cut in it, dude. I want fire Fletcher like packed house, screaming it. That's dude. how you send a message, dude. Yeah. I love that. Like I want him to be in the fucking bathroom in the press box and hear that shit. Like that's how <laughs> just, loud it needs to be, dude. Man. Yeah. The, the other night he like went to go see uh what was it the Phantoms game or whatever. It's like even he's avoiding watching the team. It's that bad. Yeah, like you're telling he's me going he's, the really... he's going to Boston College. He's going to <laughs> Allentown. Even he don't want to sit here and watch this. Like, like you, you don't want to watch your own creation, dude. You you yeah. sat back this summer and acted like we were a fucking playoff team and added Tony D'Angelo and Nick Delorier like we were a fucking grinder and a fighter away from from competing. Like we were Tampa and just got swept by by Columbus for nothing and had to add some grit to our bottom six and we were ready to fucking go. Like these decisions that this GM has made and the fact that he's not fired, the fact that he still has a job every morning is absolutely insane. If I were to walk into my job for the last three years. And do the bare fucking minimum and leave. I would not have a job anymore, dude. If I bullshitted to my to my boss while the fucking wall plates weren't jacked yet for, for three years, he would, I, I wouldn't have a fucking job, dude. Like th- this guy bullshit has bullshitted his way through a job for the last three years, and I don't see it ending. Like I, I really, I, I don't see him getting fired this th- at least this season. Maybe maybe into the summer. The, the front office looks around, and they're like, okay, maybe we just need to, to clean house and a clean slate and get rid of everybody. But, like, even then, I, I, I don't – I genuinely do not think he's on the hot seat, which is insane to say right now. But I genuinely do not think this guy is on the hot seat whatsoever. I think this injury shit is going to save him again. And I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I'm going to have to scream into a pillow. I, I, I really am, dude. It's, it's, it's insane, the, the fact that this guy still has a job. I don't want what I was saying with, with Cam York, like – Cam York was his first guy that he drafted, and I yeah. feel like he should be on the hot seat. So at a certain point, man, it's like, and he traded, traded back, right? He lost the opportunity to get Cole Caulfield, and then picked Cam York. So like, dude, what is the hesitation with giving Cam York some run here? That's a good Got point too. Like, you would think he would want to show off his first pick, right? Yeah. Like, hey. Especially with all the hate or, like, the narrative in the yeah. fam- fire, Fletcher. Like, you would think he's on, like, theoretically, you would think he's on the hot seat. I mean, like, the fact that he's not is a bigger problem in itself. But yeah. he should be on the hot seat. Like, everything would point to being on the hot seat. Yeah. And th- that was his first guy, and it was a bold move to trade back. I just don't understand the hesitation. You would think he would want him in there. Absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what I was just going to say. I mean, if it was me, and, and, and if I was in Chuck Fletcher's shoes right now, and and knowing the backlash that I get on Twitter every day, or Facebook, or, or Instagram, or any of these social media outlets, personally, I'd be like, call, call this kid up now. Hopefully he looks good, so I can turn around and kind of be like, hey guys, calm down a little bit. I drafted this kid. Hey guys, calm down a little bit. I drafted Cut uh, Gauthier. Hey guys, I drafted Forrester. You know what I mean? Like, you would think, you would think he'd want to do that. But I mean, like, I can see why he doesn't call Forrester up because I mean, they do want him to stay down there and play all year because of the games that he's missed the last two years with his shoulder injuries. I get that. That's that's I have zero problem with him staying down there all year and uh, 
and scoring. Like, I really don't have a problem. But it's different with York, in my opinion. York's ready. York, like you said, he played on his offside with Provorov last year in a worse situation with a worse coach and looked good. And at this point, I think for his development, it would be better for him to see NHL time. That's what I think. But... Again, Chuck Fletcher needs to go, bro. Can- to me, it's, it, and it's more terrible optics. Like if yeah. you just look, at, if you look at Chuck Fletcher, big picture, the, the, like the optics of it are so bad. It's like you almost can't believe he's still here. It's like so he wants to win now in the Giroux era, and he shanks it miserably. He <laughs> signs, he signs the Kevin Hayes deal. At that time, JVR was still producing, and maybe, maybe you still would have had to. It would have been a cap dump, but it wouldn't have been like it was last offseason, where guys are trying to run you for your twenty twenty three pick. <laughs> That, like they they are they want the whole damn Brinks truck for JV. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude, the entire were, NHL did that Stephen A. Smith meme to to Chuck Fletcher this this summer. Like the entire NHL knew what he wanted to do and offload JVR and and sign Johnny, and they all were like, "No, like you suck, and we're not helping you out." That's basically what yeah. happened. So he so he goes to ownership. I can't get Johnny Goudreau because of cap space. Cool that we're gonna lose that PR battle, but he gets D'Angelo <laughs> five million. Sweet, just yeah. like five days before that. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, the day after the draft. <laughs> and then by puck drop, we have thirty. <laughs> we have thirty million in dead money, like all dead, completely dead. Don't you know don't, what I'm the, don't forget the Sandheim contract by puck drop. Twenty we, minutes yeah, before he, puck drop. <laughs> yeah, and he drops an eight-year deal, Travis Sandheim. After we get done saying that, if if this any hope of salvaging the defense long term there has to be an odd man out there has to be a revolving door somewhere and there still could be <laughs> yeah maybe but like maybe but it gets harder it does and me and you have talked about it with Ristolainen and the 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 money the the picks that they traded to get him and the money they spent <laughs> to retain him it's crazy they're not going to trade him right because of the money and like th- th- that would make them look stupid i mean they are stupid don't get me wrong but like you would think they don't want to look stupid. So if they're like, we just traded this for Risto and then gave him this extension, we're, they're not going to trade him. So it, does the same go for Travis Sanheim? Like, they just handed him an eight-year deal. They're going to turn around the next year and ship him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think they want to look bad, even though, that, I mean, they do look bad um, willingly. But, dude, I'm like, is it Provorov? Is he the op- If it's Provorov, it, can't be. it, can't it be. better not. I will not anything, watch this team anymore, yeah, dude. I was gonna say, if anything, like, I'm, it's kind of getting cemented more and more to me that like Provy's kind of the one I want to keep. Oh no, I don't even think it's a it's a debate. I, I mean, there were certain times last year where I was very unhappy with this guy, but I don't think there's any point in time where I was like trade him for a bag of pucks. Marco had a good point, dude. When the chips are down, that guy's is, he's just a dog. Yeah, he was the best player outside of Hart in the in the bubble in the fucking. Anytime it matters, like I guarantee, like even if this scrub ass version of the Flyers like had some chance to squeak in, like it was like a game in March to get within like two points, he's having a demon game. He's just that kind of guy. Do you know what I'm doing, Danny? And I've been saying this for about three fucking years, and I'm honestly kind of going crazy saying it. I'm taking Travis Sanheim, and I'm calling fucking Kyle Dubas and I'm saying we're going to work out a deal you're going to take Travis and I'm going to take one of your skilled forwards let's do something is it Nylander? I don't know see Dubas is really hesitant to get rid of his guy though I know he is but I I, I think after this year they're not going to do anything I I, I think they're going to do the exact (laughs) same thing that they've done 
I, I think he's going to be forced to get one of, to get rid of one of those guys, and I think it's gonna it's gonna be out. Um, it's gonna be Nylander. So I mean, I would try to dangle Sandheim for him or or anybody of that kind of skill set, like one for one hockey trade, like you did with Voracek and Axon with Sandheim. Then that's what I would do because I mean. <sighs> That left side gets really tricky next year. I mean, is it going to be Provorov, Sandheim, York? Or is it going to be uh, Provorov, York, Zamula on the left side? Like, there are so many ways that you can go. You got Andrea fucking chomping at the bit. I mean, he'll be probably in the NHL in two, three years. So, I mean, there are so many decisions that they have to make that we have been talking about for so long. And, it, like, we just got to We just saying. don't want Chuck being that guy. No. And they're doubling I, down on it. And that's the scary thing. Like, they're doubling down on all these contracts. Like, the, the only person that's up soon is fucking Justin Braun, and he's on a one-year deal. Like, Taylor D'Angelo contracts ed, ends in 2024-2025, and then Provorov is the next one. Like, it's not good. Like, they have a lot of decisions to make on that back end, and I don't think they realize how soon it has to be made. It has to be made soon. Like, you can't keep doubling down on this shitty defense, dude. It's the same fucking defense every year, man. Travis Sanheim is afraid of his own shadow. He got thrown down from behind. Um, he was behind the net. I don't know if he fell or just got, like, thrown down by a player that was smaller than him. But thrown down, taken completely out of the play, and then they scored. I mean, I I, he, I, I, I can't stand him. I, he, he's an okay hockey player. And I must say, it's now or never on Kevin Hayes. You are never going to get oh, a start like this out of Kevin Hayes again. Ever again. Because the only reason why he's getting all these Mickey points is because of the <laughs> opportunity. And say, like, next season we get a little better. And there's he's going to be lower in the lineup, less opportunities, and he's going to be trash. I'm telling you. He's going to be the next JVR. So we have to strike while the iron is hot, I believe. And figure out a way to get Kevin Hayes out of here. I mean, there's no way he wants to be here, right? Like, Torts, Torts is, like, dogging the guy in the media yeah, all I've the time. never seen a guy with that's a point per game through 22 games and still be in Torts' doghouse. I mean, he's not even playing. Dan, he's not playing his natural position <laughs> yeah. when, like, half our centers are, are in the IR. I know. That's crazy. Like, I mean, that right there is it tells you that he's not his favorite. I mean, I agree with you with – we would get rid of him. I mean, I think a lot of fans would agree with you, but I mean, I don't think they're going to going to trade him. I mean, especially with the the center depth <laughs> that we lack. I mean, if, okay. So if they so if Cutter comes in, uh, in around February March and he looks good, like if Cutter could have a really really strong end of the last of the month for the Flyers and like his first NHL stint would be great going into the summer. So if he can come in here. If Couturier is back next year, I mean, I don't know how many times we can count on this guy to be back next year, um, but right now I'll say I'm counting on it. So Couturier and then Cutter. We, if, if we get a top five pick, if, you're going to draft either Bedard, Fantilli, Mitchkov, Carlson, or Jaeger. I mean, any of those guys, maybe not uh, Benson or Jaeger, could probably play in the NHL right away. Like, Bedard is absolutely going to play right away. Mitch Cobb, obviously, he's not because he has the KHL deal. Fantilli is absolutely going to play right away. And Carlson will play right away. So, if we draft any of those guys, you have Couturier, Cutter, and then one of those guys down the middle, which could be 
really, really nice. So, I mean, you, you do have a point. I mean, as soon as next year, they could have depth at the center position. So, I mean, maybe looking yeah, at a trade. just like that, there's no Mickey points for him. Yeah, that's what he I'm saying. An anchor. Or, or does he just Or does he just get moved to the wing? Like, it, it's tough. Because, I don't know, are they going to throw... Even then, though, I don't see him getting this level of production again. I just don't. Are they going to throw Cutter at 2C next year, coming out of... Uh, who knows? Like, there are a lot of scenarios. But, I mean, if we... <laughs> if we get Adam Fantilli, he's playing center right off the bat, and he's playing in the, in the NHL next year, and he, he's probably good enough to be your 2C straight out of camp. So, I mean, I don't want to get my hopes up. Cause get your hopes up. <laughs> no, I don't want to get disappointed. Get your hopes. We are fucking terrible, Chris. We are terrible. And yeah. I'm telling you, if if we get down to the bottom of the standings, bottom of the league, and on lottery day we get edged out by by the fucking ducks or like the the sharks or the Black coyotes Hawks. or something. I'm done. Like I, I'm all in on the on this thought because the, and to me it's just like getting leapfrogged by the coyotes in this lottery would be so like such a encapsulation of the, my fandom as a Flyers fan. Just disappointment, and I'd be I'd be done, dude. You so know I'm it's gonna be it. Chicago, right? It's gonna Chicago's gonna leapfrog us for number one. Just get one. one or two. Just get one or two. That's the only thing I care about. Is like finish at the bottom and just get one or two or three, dude. Like I yeah, will... no, no, no. I definitely like I. I'm taking anything. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm taking three, four. I'm taking. I'm even taking five. But absolutely, if if you can just nag me one or two, I, I there's no disappointment there. Like if I get number two, there's zero disappointment. I'm not gonna be like, oh damn, yeah. fuck, I didn't get Bedard. Like, I'm, no. Like, this guy's like... No, no. <laughs> Fantilli's yeah, gonna be a like, superstar. Yeah, exactly. Um, probably with Mitchkov as well. I mean, I don't know. No, not no probably with him. Like, the only the only reason Mitchkov is not being talked about right along with Fantilli and, and, and Bedard is, number one, the Russian factor. Like, what it, all the shit that's going on right now. I mean, look at Fedotov. Like, all the shit that's going on with Russia right now, it, it's scary. Yeah. It's very scary with, with Russian players. And then number two, he's signed... To a KHL yeah, those team, pl- yeah, those players aren't assets yeah. right away. Yeah, through twenty twenty five. So if you draft Mitchkov, you're developing, probably tanking again for another year or two until he comes over. And I mean, I'm I, I, if I'm at three and it goes Bedard Fantilli, dude, I'm running up to the state, uh, the the podium to draft that kid. I'll gladly yeah. wait. And then we'll, let's run back another tank, dude. It, yeah, it matches we'll our timeline perfectly. We got two first-round picks next year. Exactly. We'll right back. Exactly. Exactly, dude. I will gladly take Mitch Cobb. I mean, that kid is unreal. The only reason why he's not st- – I mean, he's, he, he's still being talked about as a top-two pick, even with the Russian shit going on. Um, he, he, He's incredible. Like, he <laughs> – with Dard Fantilli and, 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 uh, and Mitch Cobb, I mean, all three, I mean, even Carlson, all four of these guys have actual chances to be, like, franchise-altering talents, which is absolutely fucking nuts to say about a top four or five in a draft. To say that a, a top four in a draft could change each of those franchises for the better is is nuts. And I, I don't even think you're going out on a limb by saying that. Like, Bedard is absolutely unreal. Fantilli has the combina- the size, the speed, and the skill combination unlike I've ever seen in a very long time. Like, he- he's a guy with the hands of McDavid who will fucking shoulder you in the chin like Lindros, dude. Like, he, like, doesn't give a fuck. Cutter the same way. Like, Cutter's will shoulder you in the chin. And then you have Carlson, who's like a... <laughs> 
a, a Clayton Keller times a thousand. Like the guy's just a skinny, extremely skilled center who he's elusive, extremely smart. I mean, just there. This draft's incredible, Dan. And like we're gonna be talking about it a lot on this pod. I'm gonna be talking a lot about it, like with you on text. I mean, it's just it sucks this season. Don't get me wrong. It sucks seeing our players hurt. It sucks seeing our our team get outmatched every time we touch the ice. But I mean, if this ends in me getting Bedard, Fantilli, Mitch Carver, Carlson. It was all worth it, dude. I'll yeah, never. I got, I got a feeling we're gonna look back on this and be like, "This was lucky. Like we got lucky because everyone yeah. got hurt. Everyone got hurt. We were not in a position to ruin the tank ourselves. We were forced into being very terrible in a year where it's everyone wants to be bad. Like like I said to you the other day, like if you're not winning the cup this year, like what's the point? Like you you should yeah. want to do this because these don't come around often. Like last year, me and you were sitting around draft lottery hype about Shane Wright or uh, Slavkovsky. Like that, that looks Ew. like that looks like nothing compared to this year now. Ew. Like this year looks like the bit like the real dance, you know? It is the real dance, Danny. Like it, it, this is like, I remember me and you going into the season um uh after we hired Tortorella saying, "Oh damn, man, like why couldn't we have that? Why couldn't we have had that year last year? Like Tortorella's going to drag us into like a 15th pick, blah blah blah." And now, I mean, like, we have – like, this isn't just us talking out of our asses because we're losing hockey games. Like, this is – they seriously have a chance to land a top-five pick. Um, and there's this guy on Twitter. His name's Byron Bader. Uh, and I think he works for a website that, like, analyzes prospects and, like, puts them in cards and projects them and stuff like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's called HockeyProspecting.com. Yeah, hockey – yeah, yep. HockeyProspecting.com. And he tweeted – a bunch of his tweets today were about the top three. And his one hockey card about Fantilli, he'll have, like, the prospect stats on the left, and then he'll have the the comparison to the right. And I'm not trying to give Flyers fans, like, PTSD or call this guy Eric Lindros. But, I mean, that's who he has him compared to right now. Like, his comps were Lindros, Danny Briere, and uh, Connor McDavid. I mean, obviously, we're not calling in this guy, Connor McDavid or, or, or Lindros, but <laughs> the comments on all of the he, – he tweeted Bedars and he tweeted Fantilli's. And the reason why I texted you this morning about, like, dude, I need a top five pick is just reading through the replies of all these people from all these other different teams. Like, I have, like, Habs fans and, and Ducks fans being like, oh, my God, can we just lose? Can we please just lose? Like, is Adam Fantilli the next Jack Eichel times 100? Like, I got Detroit Red Wings fans being like, can we please, please draft this kid so we can put up with Larkin and Raymond and all this shit? But, like, this draft's special, man. Like, it, it really is, so. It would do it. It would be poetic if it came down to us in Chicago again, but we got one, they got two. Oh, my God. And then, like, Fantilli forgot how to play hockey or something. <laughs> it's like, dude, I mean, now, honestly, with just our luck, it'd be the reverse, dude. Yep. You'd know it would. Absolutely. It'd You'd be. know it would, sadly. <laughs> no, like, I think I said that to I almost want two, bro. Like, why? Just so don't you know, don't have to just, take the wrong person first? Yeah, take the pressure away. But, like, I mean, is there really pressure, though? Because it's kind of clear. I mean, like, if Connor Bedard's been atop the boards in this stack draft for so long, I don't see a GM going off course. But, nah, it's going to, I mean, he's so good. If it's dude. anybody but Bedard at number one, <laughs> like, this ain't Shane Wright, dude. Like, Bedard's no. crazy. No, dude. Bedard's going number one in every draft in the last, like, 10 years besides that McDavid draft. Maybe, maybe not the Austin Matthews draft. It could be very, that's a very good discussion. But I mean, 
I mean, dude, Fantilli is going number one in he a lot of those honestly drafts. going above Matthews because I feel oh, like... yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I feel like Matthews immediately exceeded expectations. Like, he scored four goals his first game, and it was like, whoa, holy shit. See, I was never surprised with him. Like, I always knew he was going to be a fucking... Like, I understand four goals your first game is, is fucking nuts, but... Like I was never just, like yeah, that's crazy. Wow, Austin Matthews can can shoot the puck or <laughs> or something like that, you know. But yeah, I mean this 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 draft is like Adam Fantilli would would have went number one in the last like five drafts besides the Connor McDavid draft in like 2015. Like that's how good this kid. Like it's just it's insane, dude. Like he's a freshman. He just turned 18 yesterday. Oh uh, yeah, not yesterday. Last month, and he's. 10 goals, 15 assists, 25 points in 14 games, and he's second in the NCAA. 10 years away from his prime. 10 years. He's the second in college hockey in points as an 18-year-old playing with grown fucking men. Like, like, give me one of those two guys, dude, and you, like, I'm going to be sitting here saying, like, yo, those guys, I got one of those guys, and they're 10 years away from their prime. Like, I'm going (laughs) to watch them tear up the league at 22, 25. 28, like, uh, that's what I want so bad. My my focus automatically shifts to who's my GM, though, because, I mean, when we talked about it in the in the, in the the group chat, how many times, it does not matter if you draft a superstar and have him on your team. It, it, when we see it with McDavid right now, and dry, I mean, they have two franchise-altering talents who are going to be Hall of Famers one day, and they, they, they haven't won a cup yet. I mean, those two, those two fucking players should have a cup by now. Those are... Toronto it, hasn't won a playoff series. That's what I'm saying. Like, you need to have a team around that player. And that's where my focus is going to shift to once we draft, hopefully, one of these kids, man. Like, it's who is my GM? Is it Briere? Is it an outsider? It better not be Chuck Fletcher. Is it you? Is it Danny? I, I, I mean, I would be completely fine with that. I really would. I, I would ask to be your assistant, obviously, but... I mean, I'd rather have you than Chuck Fletcher, if I'm being honest. But I really think I think you would have this team in better hands right now if you were the GM since like the bubble. I really think everything would be a little bit better. It would be, trust me. <laughs> and then that's just that—that's a testament to how bad he is. Let not—that's not me giving myself much credit. Yeah, well, you have obviously no idea how to GM a fucking hockey yeah, team. Yeah, like, I got no connections. Like I'm gonna be calling those GMs like anxious as hell. Like I'm not even gonna know how to like. Start that, but it will be better though. Believe I think the, that. I think the only thing that I would be good at is trade negotiations, bro. I'm, I'd be calling teams like everybody on this team is available except Hart. <laughs> What's up? What's up? I don't give a fuck, dude. Contract negotiations, too, dude. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, it's, easy, <laughs> it's obviously easier said than done, but like, dude, the, how the Bruins did it is the way to do it. You got to get your best guy to take a pay cut. And then you use that at every negotiation. Yeah. You go, yeah, well, the best guy took a pay cut. So, like, <laughs> the fuck are you doing? If you yeah. want to get paid. Like, I mean, if I was the GM, I would have laughed at fucking Travis Sandheim's camp. Well, yeah, we want, nuts, we want eight years. Yeah, all right, cuz. You're not getting eight years from me. <laughs> I really thought, like, and he signed multiple bridge deals leading up to that, too. I really thought, like, it. it's so weird the way yeah. that shit played out to me. And hold up, like he he got six two, which is probably around right where I would have probably paid him. <laughs> it's probably overpaid, bro. Like let's not cap here. Like, but like he's probably overpaid. He didn't take less money to take long. Like usually no, when you no, see no, that, no. you're like, oh, okay, you gave him two two years extra. Maybe he takes a little. No, like <laughs> no, that's paid. classic Chuck Fletcher right there. <laughs> 
like when I saw that deal, bro. I what was my tweet? I remember the video I posted. It was like, I don't know. I it was like the video of that guy. He's like, wait a minute, and he's like having like a he's like passing out. <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, it, it's just the, the the Travis Sanheim. I mean, we talked about it once it happened. It just, it, it never made sense, dude. Never made sense. Nope. Like, now we got him locked up until he's thirty four. <laughs> like that shit's <laughs> nuts to me, dude. And the team like, sucks. Yeah. We're doubling down on players, and the team fucking blows. And there's no dude. hot seat. Like last year, I'm sitting. Dude, last year was so bad. I'm sitting here every podcast. I want half the fucking team gone. Like, and the fan base agreed with what we were saying. Like, we were so fed up of watching the same guys quit year after year, watching the same, same guys get injured dudes. year after year. The same bots gliding, and I, at the very least, I wanted just JVR going. Didn't care what it took, and like, look what I got in return. Danny, you pull me aside last Thanksgiving while I'm at dinner. You tell me to come in the room. I need to talk to you, and you're like, "Stumpo, listen. This time next year, you will be watching <laughs> Max Wilman again." I, dude, I don't even know what I would say to you. Like, generally, I'm not trying to shit on this guy, but knowing, <laughs> knowing I was gonna watch Max Wilman. You're a watch year from Max now, dude, I, 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 I'd be like, who died on the team? Like, did half the team fucking like everybody, Chris? Did everybody, everybody like quit hockey and like just go home? Like, like Jackson Cates is on our second line, Chris. Yeah, dude, Nick Delorier is generally on my second line right now with fucking Zach McEwen, bro. Like, it's it's the craziest shit I have. It's generally one of the worst NHL lineups I think I've ever seen in my entire life, and I'm not exaggerating at all. Like it's, no, it's, pr- it's probably the worst I've seen. Like, Danny. At least in my fandom. As, as a, like, I wasn't... I mean, if you think about it, like people always talk about that 06, uh, 07 yeah. terrible year. Whatever, I was a like, fucking child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was a peanut, dude. Like, there was no way I was Yeah. Like remembering that. So this is the worst Flyers team I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of bad Flyers teams. Like, the defense. Pro, uh, with, with with Tony D'Angelo out. I mean, he's going to play tomorrow, uh, according to Torts. Um but on the defense in practice was Provorov, Risto, Sanheim, Braun, Zamula, Sealer. Like, holy shit, I have to sit down and watch this every night, dude. Every, like, it, it blows my mind how, how, how bad they are. Like, I, we just got done saying it's a good thing with the draft. And obviously, I, mean, I, I hate rooting for, for losses. Not anymore. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of doing it willingly now. But no, I'm genuinely excited to lose games. Like, when we went up 2-1 on the Islanders, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, are we really about to win this one? <laughs> then they scored 2-20, and, and I was at 2-20 seconds. I was like, all right, we back. Yeah, I was like, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, is there anything, uh, anything you want to talk about real quick? I don't think we uh, – we talked about the, the Phantoms and what they've been doing recently. Tyson Forrester, he's tied for first in the – on that team with 12 points as well. Like, it's it's crazy York and Forrester have the, the same amount of points. Daniel Rie is kind of starting to turn it on. He's got nine points. Like I'll say this, like, in, in regards to Chuck Fletcher. If, mm-hmm. if he had not sold us on that aggressive retool, yep. I believe we can win bullshit. If, if that interview in March was like, yeah, I realize I fucked up. I'm going to tear it down. I'm. It's going to take some time. It's going to be painful. But at, at the end, the end result is going to be a successful, consistently successful hockey team. Then I would be looking at this season. I'd be like, perfect. Everything's going according to plan. But it's the fact that he spent to the cap and like, it's it's happening in spite of his words, in spite of his actions. That pisses me off. It's 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 
if he did it intentionally, I, I might even be praising the guy. Like, let's say he, like, fleeced a couple teams for some assets. Maybe, uh, so we pick up McEwen on waiver wire, and he ends up flipping him for a nice ad. Like, shit like that in, in a tanking year. Like, yeah, I might even praise the guy, but it's happening in spite of him. That's what pisses me off. Yeah, like, hopefully I'm seeing Sedlak getting chipped out for, like, a fourth-round pick at the trade deadline. Like, hopefully yeah. this is just kind of showcasing But, him. like, if that was a part of the plan from the beginning, like, yeah, like, like McEwen, like, we're going to flip him for an asset. Guys mm-hmm. like Sedlak, we're going to flip him, and, like, maybe even we'll flip Braun at the deadline again. Like, I don't know, some shit like that. Like, if he did all these things and, like, pulled off some, maybe, like, a Kevin Hayes trade midseason and got, like, like, a, a young player who's not, like, great, obviously, because, like, what kind of return are you going to get? But just anything in return. Like, I don't know, dude. Like, there, it could be a whole different story for Chuck Fletcher, but it's it's just the fact that it's happening in spite of him. Like, everyone got hurt. Everyone. Yeah. So, like, you can't be like, oh, he did his job. Because I'll, I'll see people that will be, like, on Twitter all the time bitching, and it'll be like, Flyers fans are saying fire Fletcher, but, the like, they wanted a tank anyway, and now that they're getting one, they want Fletcher gone. It's like, no, it, it's because it's happening in spite of him. Like, if yeah. he had planned the tank, it'd be different. Like, we started the season 7-3-2, and two, boss. Like, it, <laughs> it, it wasn't always like this. Then then the entire team died. So, like, yeah, and that... he's got to go. It's step number one. I'll never feel safe until he's gone. He signs middling contracts. He's, like, he's too hesitant to go for the big fish anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't want him transitioning my hockey club into <laughs> the next era. I just don't. Not me either. But that Twitter account that I sent that one tweet to you said it best. I mean, he went into this season over the summer knowing Ryan Ellis is probably never playing hockey again. Knowing Wait, Kevin. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I got but I just want to laugh at this with the Ryan Ellis thing. It's yeah. funny that when that happened, that looked like a slam dunk win that move like i thought for sure i was like oh that's a chuck fletcher win like finally he's got one yeah he's got he's got one win you can point to so we so we get rid of phil myers and nolan patrick for ryan ellis and then so ryan ellis comes here dies and then they flip phil myers the predators for ryan mcdonough and he's not bad he's not bad over there he's playing pretty good it's like it's crazy nashville ends up winning the whole thing it's, it's wild, dude. R- Chuck Fletcher sucks. Ryan McDonough is one of the best. Like, that's a, a real veteran defenseman that you want in your lineup for a playoff run. Like, not Nick Sealer. Like, Ryan McDonough is one of the best right now at this stage of his career. One of the best third-pairing left-handed defensemen in the league. Like, he is really, really good. Like, I would take that man on my team if I was in a, on a playoff team any day of the week. 4.7 million too so it, yeah. it's less than Ellis like Nashville yeah. played that beautifully bro and it pisses me off because I thought we played it beautifully less we than didn't. Sanheim <laughs> like that's crazy Nashville always has been defensive gurus though gurus. I remember I remember one time we were drunk a couple years ago we pulled up the Predators cap friendly <laughs> during their Stanley Cup year and their defense probably made less than what our defense is making right now during the Stanley Cup years swear it, to God and it had like all stars on them yeah, yeah it was good it was like Yossi Subban Watson Eklund like it was crazy yeah Ellis like it was crazy but no like the, that, that Twitter account uh, he said it best uh, Chuck Fletcher went into this season over the summer he, he's, he knows that Ryan Ellis is probably going to play hockey again you know Kevin Hayes is recovering from two groin surgeries he's probably not going to be 100% you know Sean Couturier is, just went over just went through two back surgeries you know Cam yeah, These are players you gambled on last season and they yeah. failed you. I, I, that's what I mean. Like You went into this season. You knew you were going into a season where things could easily go wrong and these players could easily get hurt again. You knew Farabee just had fucking neck surgery going into this season. You know what I mean, man? Like, and then you still 
add to the team as if they're going to do anything because you hired John Tortorella, and it all goes back to that. It's That's not- why I don't trust this fucker. He just goes with the win, bro. Yeah. He, like, one second it's aggressive retool. The next it's, oh, we didn't sign Goudreau because this is a stabilizing year. It's like, oh, right, what the fuck is it? And then you get into the season, and he wants to win games, and everyone, yeah. like, Cam York gets sent down. Steelers playing because we want to win games, 7-3-2. and two. And now it's like, oh, we're completely content with all the losing, all the tanking. This is what we wanted all along. It's like, no, dude, you're just going with the fucking wind at this Absolutely. point. Like, like, you have no direction at all. I, I, I want a guy with direction. Like, I'm so jealous of teams like like the Islanders with Lou Lamorello, like a guy who really sets the tone from the fucking top. Even Toronto. Like, Brendan Shanahan went in there and turned that whole org around, starting with the Babcock hiring and then getting them in a rebuild to get Austin Matthews. But it all starts with one guy who has the fucking direction, like, in sight. And, like, Chuck Fletcher's just not that guy, dude. No. Like, he is terrible. I agree. I can't, I can't stress it enough. Like, I, I, I'm not normally like this. Like, no, I hate getting on here and still complaining yeah. about this guy. I, I really do. Like, I hate having a pod where it's just us bitching. But, I mean, that's the only thing. Like, dude, they, they just lost 10 games in a row. Like, yeah, what, it's not it's even just, about the losing. It's like I want to lose, but it's like it's the fact that we lost ten games in a row, and this team is up to the cap ceiling. Like that's, that's the what, problem. Yeah, that's what it all comes back to, man. The, yeah. the, 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 the direction has never made sense. But real quick, can, from our last win, which was November eighth, we've played eleven games since then, one seven and three. Guess, first of all, guess the percentage of. <laughs> Guess the percentage of where we scored on our power plays. Guess. Since then. We are the worst in the league on the power play. I'll give you that. We are 32nd in the league at power right, play percentage. I gotta guess percentage. I need you to guess. Keep in mind. Percentage. Keep in mind, yeah. Last year, Four, they were 13%. The 4.8. 6. 6.7. Oh, my God. I was close, though. Very close. The, the, I knew it was terrible, six, though. It was like 2 for 38 or some shit. I knew it was bad. 6.7. Seven, Danny. Like, are we on the fucking power play, dude? Like, might as well. <laughs> like, we fuck it, bro. We might as well be out there. <laughs> I guess the the PK again. Thirty second in the league since then. Since the since the PK thirty second. Thirty second. They are the worst team in the league since the last win. Damn, leaving the PK, huh? Sixty two percent. Oh no. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, they are... That's historically... Very bad. Has anyone ever been worse than that? Like, during... How long of a stretch of games is that? It's um, 11 games. For 11? One, yeah. Has, has there been a worse 11-game penalty kill stretch? I mean, there probably is. That's right? something like, I will definitely look into, but I, I doubt it, dude. Because that's really bad. Yeah. Like, this is really bad. And dude. we have like, the third most losses within that span... And the other two teams that are ahead of us, the Ducks are number one and the Sabres are number yeah, two. This is another thing I wanted to say, dude. What the, can the Ducks chill the fuck out? <laughs> yeah, like they, I know. Stop losing so goddamn much, dude. They are real bad. I picked like, them as my playoff surprise, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? What they happened? No, they got no structure. Bro. What? Uh, no structure? I haven't watched I haven't watched a, a one duck game this year, bro. So I no, it's literally just like the young guys going wild and like goal again. It's like... It, it's like <laughs> so you tell me it's open hockey over there it's fun though it's fun to watch yeah it's real fun like the other night i watched a toronto anaheim game mm-hmm. and anaheim was up or uh, toronto was up 3-1 and anaheim would just like let their young guys loose in the third came back in the game and beat toronto it was it oh, was nice. fun but um those two teams that are ahead of us the ducks and the sabers uh ducks are number one sabers, sabers are number two those both of those teams have only played nine games we've played 11 so 
It's 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 bad, dude. I mean, they've had more losses in less games, so it makes them a little bit worse, obviously. But I mean, let's go with the Sabers, man. It looked red hot to start the season. They do. Like, they have been doing the same thing since I was 15 years old, Danny. They start out the fucking first two, three weeks looking like, oh, are the Sabers finally yeah, a playoff Tage team? Is crazy. Oh, Tage is awesome, dude. Like, and he's not the only one. Like Darlene, like even Skinner's picked it up as of late. Would uh, love talk is a good fit there. Like I, I can't believe this. There's like fall from earth that they've had. Like, like I, I thought at least they would be like a 500 team consistently. I mean, yeah, me too. I mean, could could any of like any young flyer do what just Tate Thompson just did? Like Frost, no. could you do that, bro? He has 26 points in 21 games, bro. No, but I must say after seeing what Tate like Tate Thompson doing his thing, and I know he's like a bit taller than those guys. Like I, it definitely gets me excited for like the the possibility of having like a good power forward and Gauthier and yeah maybe. This upcoming draft as well. Fantilli, yeah. I need you to get familiar with Adam Fantilli and and, and Carlson. Um, I'll send you a couple clips with Carlson, but all all five of those guys, I need you to get very familiar with, and I'm sure you will over these these next what three four months, man. Like I have never wanted to fast forward to a fucking draft lottery. I have never wanted to sit in front of a computer and. And, 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 and stream a draft lottery with you like, more I'm in my gonna, life. I'm going to be nervous that day. Like, there's Nervous. Gonna be like, like, I'm not going to have nerves for any game day this year at Mm-mm. all. Mm-mm. But that day, I'm going to be like, oh, shit. It's the future like, of the franchise is, right it there, is. bro. It's do or die, dude. And I I really feel like, and I mean, I'm not really one for conspiracy theories too often, but the NHL conveniently has big markets or East Coast markets win draft lottery all the yeah. time. Like, the Coyotes have been the worst team in the league. Like my whole life, and I've never seen them get a number one. So you just have to think they know that they need a revival of the Philly market. Like, like no one's probably watching. Like no one's going to games. It's not what it used yeah. to be, and they know what it's like when it's popping, when it's good. They'll give us that opportunity if if we put in the work, if we lay the groundwork to lose, and we get the bottom <laughs> five, four, three. We're not going to get bounced out. At this the very is- least, we won't get bounced out. This is hopeful talk, that. Danny. This is hopeful talk. And I love it, bro. I have to believe it because it's, it's all we got, bro. Because I, if we get dogged in this draft, like, pff, yikes. I don't I know, know what the hell I'm going to do. We are currently the eighth worst team in the league right now. So if the season ended right now, we would be in the lottery, but we would be the eighth place team. Yeah, but I, I firmly believe that Ottawa at some point will get above us. Oh, yeah. Ottawa's the only two. Yeah. Uh, the Sharks, the Sharks and the Sabers are one point behind us. Ottawa and the Coyotes are two points. Blackhawks three points. Blue Jackets four points, and then the Ducks are uh, seven points. No, oh, six yeah, points. Yeah, we're just fine. Yeah. We're just seven three and two to seven ten and five. That is now, now, now imagine where we would be if we didn't start out so well. Like if they didn't, if Hart yeah. didn't stand on his fucking head, and we're definitely the the worst team in the league, dude. 100%. Definitely. Um. Yeah, fuck the Flyers. <laughs> fuck Chuck Fletcher. I, I, I cannot believe that we're fucking sitting here yet again for another year, dude. We've had one good year on this pod, and it wasn't even a year. It was a fucking... Yeah, yeah, well, it was yeah, like yeah. four months, three months, dude. It, it's incredible. Even that one, yeah, even that one is just, like, bitter when you think about it. Like, yeah, dude. Like, like, that one could have been special. could have been great. Great. I believe I, that. I believe that. If, that. if COVID never happened in that year... We went to the Wells Fargo Center in the playoffs, this, that. I firmly believe that. That could have been a special year. Yeah. But it was just the magic was gone. By Hockey the gods hate us, bro. So it's cool. It's whatever. I don't know what the yep. fuck we did. That's why they owe us this one, dude. Yep. They fucking owe us this one. Not even like shit. the fucking the organization. I'm talking about like the fans, like us, me and you, dude. Like We have not had a consistently good team at all. Not it's once. Mis- it's misery. 
Like we ask for fucking crumbs, bro. <laughs> like we are we are sad individuals. We I'm really like, are. yo, we, can Frost we, score them back to back games? That'd be cool. We are sad like, people. We we come back year after year and we set the goalposts for ourselves. Like the Flyers, like this year, like somehow, <laughs> some way, we've convinced ourselves, like, all right, well, we're gonna watch games because like, like we're just gonna watch like Tippett and Frost take steps, and then it's like it's like, dude, like you turn in like Boston Bruins fans are seeing red. Every fucking game, like you sent me twelve and zero at home. Are you kidding me? I know. Are you dude. kidding me? I'd be trying to go to every goddamn game if my team was every at game, home. dude. Like, and now, now it's like, well, if 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 Frost has a good shift and and Tippett <laughs> scores a power play goal, I'm content. Like, no, fuck that, dude. Like, it really, it's it's getting bad out here. It is. It is. We'll we'll have plenty. Of uh, chances to scream about this team probably next yeah, week. So we'll endure it this season. This is the one season. Because I accepted it in the summer. Last yeah. season, I had higher expectations. Last season hurt, so I snapped a lot more. This season, from the start, I I wanted the losing. I did. I wanted the losing. So I, I'm going to eat this now. I'm going to take this this losing, and I'm going to be appreciative of it. I'm going to be appreciative of the opportunity to get an elite, generate potentially generational talent. Which is crazy to say, because we have never had that guy yet. Never had it. Dude, like, who- just the, Imagine it. Imagine. That's what I'm saying, dude. Who, who's going to be Wednesday my guy? Night, TNT, Flyers, Penguins, Bedard, Crosby. Like, bro, it writes itself. Bedard, McDavid. Yeah. When we, whenever we take on the Oilers, like Bedard, Poss or not. Like, bro, you yeah. could do it for any fucking matchup. Like, it really like it revives the Flyers. Yeah, it's bro. Crazy. I I said it to you. Uh, I think yesterday. Like, I want if we get Bedard or Fantilli, I want Boston game uh, round one of the playoffs, yeah. and I want to bounce them. So fucking bad, dude. Like those dudes have tormented my those dudes tormented my childhood. They have stored tormenting me now with the same fucking dudes. The same three guys have fucking tormented me, dude. Bergeron, Krejci, and Marshan have fucking given me nightmares since I was like eleven years old, bro. Like those guys need to get bounced. Pasternak needs to leave next year in free agency, and we need to bounce them with Cutter and Bedard, dude. Like it needs this to is happen. What you need to give the Flyers fan base though, like, like just getting Bedard. Like me and you are sitting here talking about our revenge tour, the whole fucking league. You need the Flyers fans to have that like that grit back. That's what I'm saying. Because we've been laughing at the team for six, seven years. All Philly fan bases are at their best when they're completely behind the team and it's fuck everyone else. And it's not like that with the Flyers. It's not. Yeah, like, I mean, it's look at the Phillies playoff the Flyers, bro. Yeah, I know. Like the even the Eagles, like I'm sitting there every game just ride or die with this fucking team, man. Like I love it. I'm here for the ride. It's like you need a team like that for the Flyers that, that we can actually have pride in and get behind. It's like I haven't had, I haven't been able to be like this is my team. Like I'm I'm glad this is my team. Like I love this team in so long. Like I really haven't. Nah. It, it, it's it's annoying when, especially when you see these other organizations do it year after year after no. year and never falter. And even when they have a down year, they fucking use that to their advantage. They get a half decent pick, they play it beautifully, and they're right back in the mix. Like, it's, yeah. and we don't Perfectly do anything. Sad. It's for us get, getting an eighth seed has been hard since 2013 for us. Like, we we just we can't do it. We just can't do it. We can never have a season where we're convincingly in the playoffs. That's why 2020 was such a fond season for for us and for uh, like people like like Mayer for instance like that's why that's such a fond season because that was the first season where we actually had some cushion in like 12 yeah, years no. where we weren't clawing from behind in 12 years like it, it's crazy Bo- uh, Boston has a player in in uh, Dubrovsky asked for a trade like a year or two years ago snaps last year takes the trade 
uh, request back, and now he's like a cornerstone guy there. Like it's just because players <laughs> want to stay there, dude. They 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 love it there. Like they want to win. That's Taylor Hall is. fucking takes they a pay cut. They want to win there. I watched an interview yeah. with Patrice Bergeron on Sports. I was real down. I, I don't know why I did this. It was not too long ago, but I watched a Patrice Bergeron interview on Sportsnet. It was like a twenty-minute one. Was it the Mitch Miller one? Because he handled that beautifully. Yeah, I think it was after the Mitch Miller thing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I just love the interview. Like, bro, like th- he's awesome. He is dude. setting the standard. That fucking dude, oh, the he's player, awesome, like dude. the leader on the ice. He is setting mm-hmm. the standard. Like it starts with him, and that's what I love about. Like I admire that dude. I got dude, nothing but respect for that dude. I hate him, but he's one of my favorite players in the league. Like Pat, uh, Patrice Bergeron, like will go down as one of the best centers of all time. Like two way center. Like he is a leader, like you just said, a great person. Handled that Mitch Miller thing beautifully. Don't know no why, why he... their culture is so good. Yeah, dude. Because like, for, first of all, I don't know why he was the one speaking on behalf of the fucking Boston Bruins organization when he wasn't the one who made that decision. But that's another fucking complete, completely different pod. But he, he's just a good dude, a good leader, a very good hockey player. And it's just, like you said, he, he sets the, the foundation for that organization, for that locker room. I'm jealous, dude. Like I don't even know yeah, how like else those guys want to go to war for each yeah. other, man. Like they, like they say in interviews with each other all the time. Like I want to get back out there for the boys. Like I want to do it for the boys. And like they, they all want to go on one last playoff run. Like the young guys want to go on a playoff run for the old guys because like Krejci came back and like Bergeron was threatening to retire. But they, yeah. they, they regrouped and it's just a family like feel where they're all pulling for each other. And it's like hopefully it's one day, dude. Yeah, it, but that takes so. That's like that's decades, man. See, I don't even. I, Danny, it takes like two, three guys to set a culture. Like it takes a Bergeron and a Marshan to like walk in a locker room. Oh, and I'm be saying like, like, like the bullshit. level that they have it at right now. Like, oh, obviously, yeah, for like, we, sure. could, we, we could make a good one. Yeah, in like, a shorter amount of time. But like to get to that level of consistent success, like you said, they've been daggering us since exactly. 2009. So like, like next year, if we can walk into a next season with with Cutter Fantilli as our two like. Prime centers, Provorov and then Hart. Like, okay, th- that's th- those are four guys that I will gladly start a team around. Like, th- those are four guys that you build a team from the ground up. Like, yeah, <laughs> how do you build a team? Goalie, number one defenseman, your two centers. Like, that's exactly where you start. So, I mean, if we can start with those guys um, and and try yeah. to build a culture like that, I mean, that's that's a, it's a great start, man. It's a and great I start. I believe that like. Provi doesn't even need to be like a headman because of how good nah. Hart can be if he had a good team. Like, and how good Provorov can... is with a good play, uh, partner. Not to cut you off, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that, that's true as well. I mean, like we've seen with Provorov, like it, it, it seemed like the trend with him was like good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year. But like when you break down all of those years, it's good partner, bad partner, good partner, bad partner. So it's like, as long as, honestly, I hope D'Angelo stays. I mean that's another conversation that we probably could have in a different episode. Oh, he but... will. He ain't going anywhere. Like, like I just got done saying like twenty minutes ago, he is a very good second pairing right-handed defenseman. Like... To me personally, like I know a lot of people have like their gripes with the guy or whatever, but from what I've seen on the ice and like how he approaches the game and like him fighting what the mount he does and when people take runs at hearts, like it's big for the locker room. It's big for the culture. Oh, definitely. And it's something we've lacked for so long, man. And it's something like I really appreciate it. And a guy like uh, like Wayne Simmons. Like, when Wayne Simmons was in his prime, man, that's why people love Wayne Simmons so much. Oh, he's for awesome. shit like that. Like, he, he really cared. He really grinded. And he set a standard here. He really did. Did you the see the... Um, so bad. Did you see the, the thing that I think... I don't know if he met up with Isaiah or... 
brought Isaiah to a game or something like that, but he definitely did something with Isaiah um, from that Mitch Miller thing, which was awesome. That's something Wayne – I mean, I'm not shocked. Wayne's just a really good person. Yeah, he's just One of my favorite dude. flyers of all time, honestly. Um, dude, me too. Like, brought light to a completely dark era. Yeah. Like, as a teenager watching those teams, like, there was so much darkness in those teams, like, so much mediocrity and, like – but the, the one shining light was, like, Simmons was always going to get 30. And he was going to bust yeah. his ass off and get 30, like, every single year. And th- there were kind of goals that you didn't really appreciate. Well, as a kid, I'll say. Like, yeah. as, like, a 14-year-old, it's the kind of goals I didn't appreciate until it was after it was gone. You know what I mean? Those yeah. gritty goals, those net front goals, always getting redirections. Like, it looks so easy, but when you don't have a guy like that, man, you, you really notice it on a hard Oh, game. my gosh. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, because our, our, our deflection guy is JVR now. He's apparently a deflection master, but I see it like three times a year. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love it. Dude, I just grew up watching Simmons, and he was – every game I went to, he was always out there giving it his all. He was He's fighting. He, yeah, he was, he was awesome. Awesome dude. All right, 71 minutes. Let's try to get back on here next week. Absolutely. Let's uh, hopefully get back on after like the 13th loss in a row. That'd be cool. Yeah. Let's Anaheim Ducks, can you guys get some wins, man? Yeah, let's go. Please. Did they play Ducks? tonight? Let me nah, check. they don't. Rangers are... Oh, uh, the Devils are losing. Oh, wait. Never mind. The Devils were losing 2 nothing to the Rangers. Now they're lo- uh, winning 4-2. They just scored four unanswered goals. All right. Well, so, dude, listen. We're, we're going to get into the Devils next episode because I got a lot. Yeah, I actually I, do have uh, a lot to say about that, and I don't want to... Because like, yeah. that's going to start a whole different yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> league of conversation. Yeah, All I'm going to say is just yet another organization that has laughed, <laughs> laughed us. us. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's so funny, dude. It's so annoying, man. It really is. Jack the vibes Hughes. over in New Jersey are incredible. They were chanting fire Lindy like three games into the season, and then they said sorry, Lindy. Sorry, like, Lindy. Like, dude, yeah. those vibes are that incredible. Was cool. I yeah. fucking wish. Uh, Sabres are beating the Lightning 3-2. Let's fucking go. Tyler Joe scored. His first goal was to sell Buffalo Sabre to make it 3-2. Dude, the shots are 21-9. Holy shit. Uh, Blues are losing 2-1 to the, the Knights. We need the Blues to, to step it up a little bit, eh? Johnny Gaudreau just scored. Alright. Don't talk about him. <laughs> don't talk don't bring him up. So like is he just gonna be in Columbus like racking up ninety point seasons on non playoff teams for seven years? Yeah. Is that really what's gonna happen now? Dude, I'm telling you, I said it I said it in the last Is his board. only purpose gonna be just solely to remove two points from the Flyers every time we play <laughs> yeah, him, yeah, yeah, but dude. not make the playoffs? It was a like, panic move, dude. He, he he had his heart set on Philly, got told to fuck off, and was like, Holy shit, where do I go now? Okay, uh, Columbus? <laughs> fuck that dude, honestly, dude. Yeah. I just sort of got come on, you could have went somewhere else, you fucking bub. Yeah, could have went somewhere else other than Columbus. Alright, that was uh what eighty Episode eighty eight. Liberty O. Follow us on all socials at the Liberty O. Follow me on Twitter at TLY Danny. Follow Chris at Chris Stumps. Go floor.